Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to tonight's edition of Students for a Better Future Radio. I'm your host, Doreen Finkel, with Ruben Torres. And Ruben, we have another great show coming up tonight, as we do oh, every yes, we Tuesday do. night. We have a number of guests and callers on the phone tonight. And, um, folks, we're going to be talking about, um, actually talking with a documentary film producer. Um, his name is Eddie Borges, if I'm saying his last name right. Um, he will be on with us in just a minute or so. And, um, folks, I do want to tell you to remind you to go to the nonprofit site, studentsforbetterfuture.com, and if you can make a donation, that would be great. That's studentsforbetterfuture.com. And um, I want to just share with everybody about today. Um, you know, we do a lot of philanthropizing on the campus, and um, uh, I was on the campus today talking mainly about education, the cost of it, and um, just the ridiculous price, especially of the college tuition. Um, and, you know, if you, if you go to William Patterson, the average tuition per course can be between two and $3,000. And, um, you know, and, and so uh, your, your old lady over here was over there on the campus trying to instruct the students on better ways of sort of getting the most uh, out of your the bang for the buck on the campus, so to speak, because this tuition is ridiculous. And who knows, Ruben, maybe in the year 2025, we may be paying 80000 uh, <laughs> is just... It's definitely out of control. Um, and so we got a lot of bang... Put the buff there, and and you're high and mighty here. Put the students to work, um, and I know they are listening. Uh, and I'm encouraging you guys to write for the essay contest again, uh, because we want to hear your ideas. Apparently, these politicians and everybody else either don't care about this college tuition thing, or just just are too out of touch. And um, before we came on the air, uh, I mentioned to my, my co-host that uh, I ran into somebody unexpectedly. And believe it or not, I after the college, I stopped to visit an old friend of mine who passed away. And um, of all places to meet a an assemblywoman at, at a wake, and this assemblywoman approached me. And um, she wanted to know how it was going on college campuses. And uh, I, I gave her the logist. And uh, if you're listening, Assemblywoman, you know who you are. Um, so, and, you know, and, and the idea was to tell her, you know, that you guys better start to do something about this college tuition and the, the student loan crisis that's come with it. And um, they, this particular assemblywoman, just didn't understand the fact that that this is going to be a bubble in the future, especially the student loans. And um, it is, it is know, a bubble already. Right. And so, right. And so, how, what what are you going to do to stop it? You know, you don't. You have to do something. You have to come up with some solution to stop it, and you know, and 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 that was that. That you know, and she obviously got an airflow, Ruben. She um, won't sleep. So, <laughs> well, you know, it, it's a, it's a whole whole thing there. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I don't know how somebody's going to be able to afford college in the future, and. 
um, you know, and, and, uh, you know, and maybe the best thing to do is to go to trade school. Who knows? Uh, I think the, I think the pattern that's developing now with most parents, not all of them, is to send their kids to a two-year community college. This way they, 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 they bypass a lot of these electives that these four-year colleges and universities are insisting on. And then you have, if you're lucky and your child graduates within a four-year period, you'll, you'll be able to save some money. That's the smart way of doing it now. Right, right. So uh, anyhow, so that was the, the topic, and it sort of carried over, and it's still carrying over. It, it has now become almost my life because I don't know what's going to happen in the future. Um, but anyhow, let's go to our main subject tonight. Um, Eddie, are you with us? Yes, I am. Welcome Hello, to the Eddie. Show. How are you? Hi, guys. How are you? Thank you. Um, can, can you hear me, Eddie? I can hear me. Uh, okay, you're cutting in and out. Okay. Action here. It must be that New York, New Jersey uh, pollution. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, okay, folks, Eddie is a documentary filmmaker, right? Yes. Uh, I've, been, I've been a journalist in New York for 30 years, and... and uh, I was working in the uh, I was involved in the child welfare campaign and it closed the and I've continued to be involved in child poverty issues and uh you know I, I started to do so I was uh, I was looking for, for you know get some attention to the issue and uh, next year is the 50th anniversary of this famous book called La Vida about uh Puerto Rican poverty in New York and San Juan Oh, wow. That sounds and, very interesting. And, and so uh, I'm, what I'm doing is I'm tracking a fam- uh, I'm, I'm looking at the new concentrated family in Brooklyn in Sunset Park, a Mexican family, and comparing their experience to the Rios family that Oscar Lewis wrote about in his book, La Vida. Right, right. So, and, uh, uh, so I think the reporting that I think brought me... Stuff you know, I'm finding in my story um, that uh, narrative of film. Um, uh, yeah, hold on, Eddie. You're you're cutting in and out. Is anybody else hearing that? Yeah. yeah I, I, are you are you close to to? Oh, you ha- you're using your cell phone, right? My internet phone, but let me call on my other phone. Um, let me yeah. call you right back. Okay, call, okay. Call, call me back on, on your other phone. Um, Folks, this is a very interesting uh, topic. Eddie is a documentary filmmaker, um, and we're going to hear about his latest project. Um, But in in the meantime, uh, I I do want to go back to that college tuition thing. Um, And uh, we do have some college kids on here. Um, Deb, are you on? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. What what is your interpretation of the, the college bubble it's ready to explode well i mean i i can kind of agree a little bit with uh ruben because i did start off at a community college because it was more affordable um and i'm not your traditional student um my parents you know didn't exactly set aside money for college tuition and when i started off at the community college which was you know going on close to five well close to five years ago because now i'm almost done with william patterson Financial aid was a lot different um, on the federal and the state level. Like, uh, you know, it was in accordance to your income guidelines and, you know, the the actual, you know, line at which it was drawn, I guess the line in the sand, if you want to call it that, was was pretty reasonable, you know, because it was, it, it was kind of known that, you know, if you made a certain amount of money, you obviously couldn't afford school or you wouldn't be at the co- at the community college level, which is why I chose it. But they've actually cut it back because I've re- I'm I'm a big, you know, I'm I'm a big proponent of education and I've asked and I tell other people that are non traditional students as well, you know, 
to, to pursue it. And they actually have had, you know, they've been denied for even less of an income guideline than when I first started. And, you know, it's appalling to me because, you know, in one way or another, it's not like you're not paying because you are getting your income taxes taken out and these are people that are working, but irrespective of their age and, their, you know, the fact that they're not traditional students. So what can that say about, you know, the parents that are working two jobs each? Let's say it's a two-parent household because they're what you would, I guess, now call a middle-class America because that's what it's come to. And, you know, because, you know, the average job is minimum wage, if you can find one, which is, what, 825 an hour? So, I mean, you can't have one of those jobs and, you know, right, make rent right, and bills. So how are you going to pay tuition? And now, you know, federal grant money is being taken away, you know. So, I mean, I think, and I think it says a lot because, and I hate to sound um, like a bit of a conspiracy theorist, but it's a lot easier to repress a population if they're uneducated. Because if they're uneducated, then they're not going to ask that many questions. That's true. That's the one the political system isn't doing for them. Um, okay, our guest is back. Eddie, are you there? Um, Eddie, can you hear me? Hello, caller. Okay. Eddie, can you hear me? Um, okay. Uh, all right. Um, we seem to have lost him. Oh, yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, now, what, what is is your answer to the um, to this college bubble? For example, Are you what, me what would you do? Yeah, yeah. Me personally, I mean, you know, again, as it's going to sound very left, borderline socialist, and. You know, people always associate, and I always say, I harp on it all the time, you know, you say anything that sounds remotely as far as increased government spending and you're, you know, you're a borderline commie, you know, but that's not the case. The case is, you know, you have to, it it stinks, but you have to, you have to make cuts, but they shouldn't come from education, you know, and it's, you, you also have to increase government spending while making cuts in order for it to be able to work. And you have to raise taxes, and nobody ever wants to hear that their taxes are going to get raised. But you have to. You have to raise taxes, and you have to do certain cuts. And, you know, again, it's political suicide. You'll, you'll, you'll never get elected if you're talking about raising ta- taxes while you're campaigning. Everybody's always talking about cutting them. But the money's got yeah, to come from somewhere, and the money comes from tax money. But, Deborah, 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 uh, you're, you're, you're very, I mean, you're intelligent, and, and you're very, very global. But... Let's let's get real. Uh, the Department of Education has been granted lots of money, and they grant money to individuals and organizations based on political, especially with this administration, based on political favoritism. Uh, no. Favoritism. So basically. The Department of Education has given money, but they haven't given 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 money to the right groups and the right people. It's been pocketed by other, you know, by corrupt uh, local officials and, and state officials. Because the amount of money we spend in New Jersey, in North, per child, twenty one thousand dollars per child, in Milburn, New Jersey, where I used to live. Uh, $10,000 in, in number one school system. So tell me if whenever I hear more money for education, yes, more money if it's well, if it's going to be used the right way and properly. Not, 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 not keep taking more money, more money in because money is not resolving the issues, the urban education uh, crisis that is happening throughout the whole uh, our country. Let me just say something. The, big, the biggest problem, and when I say taxes, the biggest problem is, and I always go back, I mean, the economy didn't just overnight, flip, you know, turn on its back, okay? What, what's happening now is, is something that's, that's before my time because I'm only basing it on theory and what I've learned in school because I wasn't, you know, there to see it. You know, my, my parents were. My parents are old enough to relate to what I'm saying. So it connects the theory, you know, and the history. So the biggest problem that you have is that 
every administration is, is going to be biased to whatever their constituents, their voters are. So Almost. the biggest problem you have is that you have a Reagan administration that prior to a Reagan administration, the wealthy paid anywhere between at least 70% in income tax. And there's your disparity. You know, you, prior to Reagan, you had American companies, American manufacturing. He, okay. he, simultaneously, he, simultaneously signed, he, he simultaneously signed the Free Commerce um, Act while signing all jobs overseas. And in addition, did tax cuts for the wealthy. That was all in his administration. And prior to his administration, the wealthy paid anywhere between 70 and 90% on income tax. And in addition to the income tax, all corporate headquarters were here in the United States. And now what's going on is, like I said in last week's um, episode or you know, uh, broadcasting, mm-hmm. is that these corporate havens that are being had overseas in Mexico, Barbados, all these tax-friendly places that just requires them to have two meetings a year, and they're able to get away with basically robbing the American system of tax money that's absolutely vital to the American economy. So you, you have, in order to be able to maximize propensity to consume, because your middle class is what keeps you know, the economy healthy, because they're the ones that are going to spend. Your wealthy, your wealthy people, and I'm not talking rich people, I'm talking wealthy, they're not really going to spend. You know what I mean? And, and because they're just, that's just the way that they are. They're old money. You know, your, your middle class is the one that's going to go out there and purchase a home and live in debt and buy a car and pay student debt and always from one home to another, never actually paying off that debt because they have a 30-year mortgage. And what do they do? They refi to send their kids to college. Or they'll sell that home because they've already um, overextended themselves in that space, so they have to get a bigger space. So really what you're having is debt on top of debt. And now we're going to follow we're going to play a game of chicken with what's going on now as far as monetary policy in Europe because of what's going on in Greece. And that actually affects the global economy because now, you know, the Fed is, has been going for years saying, oh, you know, well, you know, we are, we're going to raise inflation rates. We're going to raise inflation rates. And now Greece, you know, the European Union is going to increase money supply and the Fed is going to have to respond by increasing inflation rates. And what's that going to do to your average middle class American? It's going to hurt them. You might as well, well give them a flat tax that they have to pay in order to breathe. Well, basically what the Fed has been doing, what the Fed has been doing is basically they've been implementing uh, uh Quantitative QE, QE for the past couple of years, and, they, and that basically has filled the savings of, of the average American because today we're getting what negative one percent or negative probably negative two percent on most accounts. Basically, that's right. killing the the economy, the middle class, the money that they used to get four or five or six percent on it in a bank. Today they're getting nothing, and on top of that, the high taxes that are being implemented in in in, in most of these states, especially the blue states like New Jersey, like New York, it's it's it basically is driving people out of those states and moving to states that basically there's no state income tax, and where the quality of life is better, and basically they they they, they can manage. Their, their budget a lot better. Right. Um, I, I want to try to get Ed, get yeah. Eddie back. What, Eddie, what? are you there? Or did we lose him? Eddie, are you there? I don't think um, he's been able to come back. Yeah. Eddie, are you there? <laughs> this is not Eddie. I'm not sure if you can hear me. Um, okay. I, I think we lost him, Ruben. Uh, um. Let me see if I can get it back. Yeah, but my question is now, see, uh, my fear is that a a college student in, in, let's say, 2025 is going to be paying. Okay, I just got a a message. His phone died and he can't find his charger. So we're going to have to (laughs) reschedule it. Okay. Yeah, his phone died, so we're going to have to reschedule it. Okay, but but anyhow, um, I, I want to. I, I like this issue because it's it's a hot uh, button issue, especially if you have kids in college, 
you, you know, you're going to college, you're trying to pay this, this tuition. Um, my fear is that in 2025, this tuition is going to be 80000 you know, it, that's for in-state. That, that's what it seems like we're headed to. And there's just got to be a better answer, you know, than, than people keep paying it. I mean, uh, you know, I told the group today, I said, you're better off going to a trade school right now. Because right now they're graduating and there's no jobs. And, you know, and, and they have to pay this loan back. Yeah, and you know, and and I really fear for this. I I think this is just a bubble. It's going to blow up somewhere. Um, well, the reality well, that's, and, getting, that's why you're getting the response of all these marches on all the campuses. That's what I'm always, you know, me and you when when we talk, Dorian. That's why I tell yeah. you, like, so this is this is blowing up because 20 years ago you were telling people, hey, you know, go to college, you know, so you can get some jobs. And now they went to college, they have all this debt, and it's like there's no jobs. Well, yeah. yeah. So why go to college? That's the idea. The activities. Why go to college? The incidents that are happening on college um, university campuses, like University of Missouri and and the other universities, has to do with a, a lot of these individuals are being paid by someone who I don't know if you know him or you've heard of him but he's well-known to pay these agitators. They're professional agitators. They want to create disturbance and chaos. The very same universities that these individuals are complaining about are controlled by who? The liberals and the Democrats. Academia is controlled 90% of the universities. I can name you in my I can count how many conservative universities are out there. So these individuals who have been told by their professors the United States is evil, the United States is, is horrible, now they're getting their payback because all these students now are complaining and saying racism here, racism in there, and this guy George Soros and, 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 and his cronies are saying this is an opportunity to get these global college students and create chaos and, and make and, and pretend that we, the people, especially others, are the problem. When the problem is the liberal universities in the United States, that's I where I, that problem. I can't say I can't say I agree with you 100% as far as liberality goes because I mean it, I don't. Everybody's entitled to their opinion, whether it's left or right, moderate. It doesn't really matter. And number one, I think that a lot has to do with the kind of degree that you're attaining. You know, if you're getting, and I don't think that there's anything wrong with it, but if you're getting, like, a liberal arts degree, you're going to have to get a master's in, like, you know, teaching or something. It, it's it's all based on what the market is demanding. So I really don't, and whether or not you take an opinion and the professor's very less, like, borderline commie, let's say, you know, that's his opinion. It doesn't mean that that molds the student's opinion. It just means that that's the professor's opinion, and the student is going to be apt enough to be able to decide whether or not he believes those philosophies. And irrespective of whatever the student's, views on, um, you know, politics are, doesn't, doesn't take away from the fact that there is no, there are no jobs right now. And, and even worse than that, the jobs that are here, what's going on is an even bigger, more troubling problem is that these companies, what they're doing is, let's say right now, what's in demand is engineering. And, and it is, that's not a hypothetical thing. That's what's in demand right now. I don't have an engineering degree. My sister's going to school for it, okay? If I could do it all over again, that's what I would have done. But even that's not a guarantee because I'll tell you what's happening. I spoke to an attorney one day when I was at the IRS, and he told me that what these firms are doing is they're actually importing people from Asia, whether it be India or China or Japan or wherever, and they're, and they're contracting these guys because they have, they're illegals, and they're giving them their visas because they can pay them at a lower rate. And it's just a cycle because once these guys get smart, they've been here, they have their papers, and they say, wait a minute, why am I not getting paid the same? You know, even if it's just a little bit more, which is not what you could pay an American, guess what? That's when they start the cycle all over again, let the guy go, and, and just get another batch. So we're talking about immigration, and we're talking about reform, and we're talking about all these things, but these corporations are the first ones doing it. 
Right. And, but I also want to mention the fact that, and especially t- today we talked about this in, in, in the group, is that the fact that the students have to take these electives that do not pertain to their majors. And um, oh, they have major. to take them yeah, to graduate. And, you know, and for somebody who has a hard time paying their tuition period, uh, another two to 3000 does pr- um, propose a hardship upon them. You know, yeah, like if somebody, an economics major. That's because college is yeah. business. I mean, when I walked in yeah. from Bergen, I had almost 70 credits because I did it that way purposefully because I don't have a lot of money. So I chose a major at a community college on purpose. When I walked into William Patterson and sat down with the with the counselor, the transfer counselor, you know, she's like, well, you know, you're almost done with your political science. You know, you're only missing two or three classes. And I made a joke. I said, okay, hand me my bachelor's then. And she started laughing and she giggled and she said, well, that's not how it works. I said, don't worry about it. You're preaching to the choir. I know that this is a business. But it's just a way to thin the herd because society needs its day laborers. And this is not my opinion. This is corporate America. Society needs its day laborers. Society needs its, you know, uneducated people so that they don't question government, so that they don't question what's going on, so that they don't say, hey, you know, because everybody sits down and watches campaign smearing. They don't sit there and watch C-SPAN because it's, it's their right to be able to watch it because of the Sunshine yeah. Act, because of the Transparency Act. It is their right. And that is when you'll know, not during the camp- campaign smearing, not when they're doing this and throwing, you know, um, you know, feces at each other. It's when it's for the elections that you have to listen to how they how they vote, yay, nay, or abstain. You know, and that's where you'll know where your politician stands. Well, let me let me ask Ruben, Ruben, does your son hold on, Ruben, does your son have to take those electives? Um, has he seen not, that a lot of that? Not 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 here in, in not here at the uh, not here at the university in, te- in, in Texas. No, no, in New Jersey when he went to when he went to Rutgers, yeah, he did. He had to take all these classes, and I I I I, I had to pay for it because he didn't qualify for uh, financial aid or he didn't qualify for any uh, any federal aid, and and that that pisses me off really, uh, especially especially when when I when I hear people well we have to give the dreamers uh, all these breaks you know and we have to give the refugees. Uh, all you know, all, all these breaks, you know, and, and and the thing that kills me the most is these college university students. They they should be out there protesting about the about HB one visas, about illegal immigration, about refugees, and what are they doing? They're basically falling into the trap of the liberal mind. Oh, we have to compassion. We have to think about while they're while they're getting screwed. Well, that's about the only thing I'll agree with you. Let's help the people that we got here before we start helping people out there. You know, but that's that's like America saying, like, we're like the world police. You know what I mean? Like, we, we have to put our nose in everything. That's what I agree with you on. But, I mean, I feel like being a child of an immigrant, if these people are here, I mean, I, like I said, me and you, Ruben, we, this is, I think, the only part that we agreed on. I don't care which party does it. Just make them legal. You know, right now, you know, 26 Republican states voted against, you know, the Supreme Court hearing the new Immigration Act, you know, with, with what's, what's happening with the Obama administration extending it. I mean, and I read what's going on. I actually read what's happening, what's going to be heard. And, you know, don't blockade it just because you know that these people, because if they're going to associate the Obama administration and the Democratic Party to getting their papers because it's going to be a wave of millions of people. I think it's up to 5, 5 million people. You know, that's what that's what the Republican Party's concerned about. Well, let's forget about party people. Let's give these people the work visas or whatever it is to get them legal and pay taxes, irrespective of party lines. No, Ruben, well, I know you my, want to my, ask my, a question. We need we need to secure the border, and then and then we can go ahead and legalize them. But we, I'm not I'm not I'm not going to fall for the same trap that Ronald Reagan and everyone else fell for when the Democrats told them. Yeah, pass the amnesty, and then we'll secure the border. No, we secure the border, like Ted Cruz is indicating, and then you can get... But I I still say that that's what makes America great. That's what makes America distinguished. 
our human right. rights, our civil rights, our natural rights, life, liberty, and right. the pursuit of happiness. Right now, it's survival. The, 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 the young people of today, they're going to have a very tough time in the next 20, 30 years. Very tough. Gotta, That's it. They've got to wake up. They've got to wake up. They do. I mean, like, but p- part of it is, you know, is that our generation and the generation before has borrowed against them, and now there's so much in debt and behind to begin with. Um, well, the so, student debt is what, so, the, what these people decide are going to help us pay the deficit. Fifty-eight, I think, trill. I think it's fifty-eight billion. Fifty-eight billion dollars in student debt, and that's what they're. That's what the government's banking on to. Uh, to fill the gap, you know, you have to give these student loans to be able to cover the deficit. It's got to come from somewhere. You're not going to cut Medicare because older people, they watch the news, and they're not going to vote for you. That's what these people are concerned about. Well, it's two years in the House um, of Rep and four years in the Senate. They're Ruben, worried about this is what I told, Ruben, this is what I told uh, our assemblywoman today, the fact that, uh, you know, we're going to be promoting trade schools. Or the fact that you should you don't have to attend a college anymore. Because what's the purpose? Right. If you attend college, you don't get a job. So well, the, the and, other, and the if you other, go, you push the trade schools. You know, I mean, we you need a plumber, you need an electrician. They're hard to find now. You know, when you do not, come around, they charge. Not the they make a lot of money. <laughs> well, well, the they, they do. I guess it's a social status thing. Uh, Disney, the corporation Disney, which owns ABC and other uh, other outlets, basically they they brought in. And there's a lawsuit right now, pending against Disney. They brought in about a hundred individuals from India to replace information technology professor, professionals in Orlando, Florida. They they told them. You either train them, and if you don't train them within 90 days, we won't give you give you a bonus or a severance pay, severance package. So they're basically bringing in these professionals to take positions of Americans. That's the reason I said I'm never going to step foot in a Disney-owned uh, resort. Resort or business because they basically are putting the American people, they're putting foreigners ahead of the American people. And I won't put up with that because the future includes my son, includes you, includes Doreen's kids. And I, and, and those those kids are more important to me than any anyone else. That's right. Go ahead, Deb. You want to add something to that? I mean, this is, you know, my favorite was my stepdad showed me something this weekend that I thought was hilarious. It was very, very good. It was an opinion piece in the Daily News. I don't usually read the Daily News too much, but it was pretty good because it talked about Ted Cruz, Marco Rubio, and um, and Donald Trump. And I thought it was really interesting because this country was founded on immigrants, back to Ellis Island. Okay, and I think it's pretty interesting because Donald Trump wouldn't be here if it wasn't for his grandfather, I believe it was, that came here illegally. He married Ivana, which only became legal when he married her. And Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio, uh, right after the Cuban Missile Crisis, okay, Cuba, um, the United States allowed Cuban immigrants, it was a a uh, little over 265,000 from the six, from 68, I believe, to the 80s, up until the Mariel, and breaking and securing borders, when they're children of immigrants themselves that wouldn't be here if America didn't open its doors. So if we're really going to start pointing fingers here, the only people that belong here, which we killed off in a genocide that, you know, we, we dedicate a holiday to on Thanksgiving because we killed the Native Americans between pushing them out of their land and giving them smallpox during the pilgrims. They showed them how to farm, and our reward to them was taking their land and pushing them out and basically creating a genocide. So, I mean, the only people that really belonged here, if you really look at a map of the United States, was the Sioux, you know, the greater Native American tribes. So this country 
And when we came here and America was established, when we got away from the Church of England, when we were the immigrants, this country was based on immigrants. That, that's what yep, yep. this country is. It's the foundation. That's, so basically yep. the Hispanics are now the new Irish people because nobody liked the Irish either during the potato famine. They called them very derogatory you know, state, you know, yep. statements, which I won't say Debra, on the radio. Deborah, Deborah, there's, there's, a, there's a huge difference between parents that are people, Hispanics or any other nationality that came here the legal way versus the illegal way. I, like I said to you on the, on the, when you came on the last, the, uh, the last program that you came on, I was at the Rio Grande, people sneaking in. That's, not, that's illegal. They're breaking our laws. They're illegal. Any country has the right to protect their borders. You want to come here legally? You do what I, my, my, my parents did. They waited and they paid. If you can't afford it, then you, you should stay in your country, work hard, get the money like my parents did, and then come. We are all for legal immigration. I'm for legal. My parents came here legal. The liberals like to twist it and say, oh, people who are against immigration or, no, we are against Ted Cruz, Marco Rubio, Donald Trump, illegal immigration. Let's be clear I'm not, on that. Listen, I'm not, I'm not disputing what mm-hmm. you're saying, and I agree with you 100%. I'm not saying that they're not breaking laws, and I'm not saying that. The problem is that now the laws have changed and the time period has changed, the timeline has changed, because... When you have underdeveloped countries, the way in order for these people to achieve legal status is almost near impossible. I'm not saying I agree with swimming in the Rio Grande and jumping the border or however it is that they get here. What I'm saying is that the process has become almost impossible. So these people are desperate. And, and, you know, solve the problem by you know that they're going to get here anyway. So do, and as much as I'm not a fan of Reagan, do what Reagan did and just make them pay because it's going to happen anyway. America, in that sense, has always been very liberal. We are the first people to always say, you know, look at what's going on with with the whole Syrian crisis, which I don't wholeheartedly agree with but I won't say because it's very politically incorrect. Um, You know, Obama went on a conference saying, you know, we should open our doors when Paris is on complete lockdown, practically in a military state. You know, I'm not a a hundred, I'm not a, you know, I'm not in favor of that either. What I'm saying is that's what this country is about. And it's always been. So rather than pointing, hold hold on, Deb, before you go any further, um, France was attacked from within, so shouldn't it be that they tighten up their borders rather than go attack Syria? Do I think that they should tighten? I think that France was a problem. Tighten their that borders ra- been- rather than go drop bombs on Syria. Uh, I, I think everything has an appropriate response. I think that um, tactfully, France did the right thing. That if you're blowing up French citizens then the appropriate response is to blow up Syria. I, in that aspect, I'm very right, you know, because, meaning my, I'm not a moderate, because I think it's an appropriately gauged response as to what happened, you know, but which to, is exactly but what, if they what had, if they had border security, um, and, you know, and like, for example, right, right now everything between France, England, and Europe, it's kind of like open right now. Um, well, years ago, you had to go. You had to go, but you had to go. Years ago, you had each country almost had like a, a border patrol thing. And ha- had they have that, had that, don't you think that maybe um, these attacks would not have happened? I think that I, I like I said last week. I really think that I, I could have seen France coming even before the Charlie Hebdo problem. You know, you have a very secular population, you know, not very against religion, with a very extremely religious people, you know, coexisting together. That's just a recipe for disaster, you know, and and 
it's really, it really, it was it that much of a, of a surprise? I don't think so. You know, I really don't. I think it was just something that was, you know, culminating and, and at a boiling point. Hold on, hold on, Ruben. We, we just have we have callers on the line. If you'd like to ask okay, a great. question, you, yeah. you may Jolene, go ahead. Thank you for taking my call, my friend Ruben. I hope everything is well. How you doing? All right. Hi. This is Daniel from Brooklyn, New York. Daniel. Hi, Daniel. Um, in, in reference to, I'm going to take a few steps here, going all the way back to the beginning of your show where you talked about the uh, students and the student loans. Um, you know, I am a college graduate. I've, I've gone through all that many years ago. I've had my own business, as Ruben knows. And I know that for the majority of people, college is not a thing for them to do. We need to Here stop the idea mm-hmm. that every single person needs to go to college because that is not true. What was today? Cardio? Then sure. we need to also uh-huh. understand that getting a student loan for some know, people but- is like buying that mini Mac mansion where you're going to be paying ever because you cannot get that dream uh-huh. job you felt that uh, you were going to get because you went to college. It doesn't happen that way. We need to let the, the students know this. In Thank reference you. to... And, and that's exactly what I mentioned, mentioned to our assembly woman today over here. And, um, you know, and, and I want to just elaborate on that point you made. Um, sometimes I think our politicians may not be in touch with reality I, I guess is the the right way of phrasing it. Um, because well, we, we, we also have to make, understand. We, we also have to understand that people, we are basically a money maker for a lot of the politicians. From the time that we start kindergarten, it's all about tracking that number, tracking that child. How much tax money am I going to push aside for for this school? How much tax money can I get to fund that other program, and so on. And this happens in in elementary school, in college, and even beyond that, when people, humans, end up in jail, they're still a number. They're still moneymakers. So this is a system that we need to stop. We don't need to, to depend on other people's money in order to succeed. We need to become entrepreneurs, make our own money, and stop taking from the money makers. See? Uh, well, uh, th- th- there we go. Uh, very well said. Very well said. Uh, Doreen, D- Daniel, Daniel has his own radio show, too. Oh, okay. Uh, do, you wanna, do you have a website for that, or...? Well, as Ruben knows, I run I, I run Liberty Computing Center for many years, and for the past three years, we started uh, localbroadcasting.tv, which uh, one of the shows that uh, we started off is called Politically Yours, hence the reason why I'm listening to your show. Um, mm-hmm. Ruben, thank you for, for allowing me to plug that. Uh, we will be yep. doing Politically Yours uh, number two tomorrow, at yes. 12 p.m. Eastern Time. Yes, I'll be there. Thank you. Uh, okay. With that, see, and, that was really good uh, stuff. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely. And, we gotta we gotta bring Daniel uh, as a guest. Yes. Um, and, and folks, it just reinforced what I said before that you know college is not for everybody. And you know this, we somehow got this idea in our head that you know you go to college to get educated, and, and then you come out with a, a, a great job, and you live and you live happily ever after. Um, that's, that's not true. Uh, you know you can make decent money doing your own thing, uh, like Daniel, um, becoming an entrepreneur, or. Um, you know, and I've mentioned before the trade schools, 
and you know, and and you, then you don't have this big debt upon okay. you. Um, go ahead, uh, Ruben. Do you want to add to that? Well, I, I wanted I, I wanted to um, to touch on something Deborah brought up when she indicated that we have to be concerned, or we may uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Deborah. But uh, that the people in these countries that are, you know, it'll be too much for them to get here or, or come the legal way. Well, that's not our problem. That's, you know, that each country has to be responsible for their own citizens. You know, I understand. And, you know, I mean, I don't, I, I don't think Mexico cares about anyone else or uh, Colombia or or. Um, Puerto Rico, I'm not Puerto Rico, but Dominican Republic or any, you know, we have to worry about our kids, our the people here. Take care of our I veterans. Agree. Take, I agree with take you. Take care 100%. of our homeless. Take care of our but homeless. The, I understand that. I understand what you're saying. But let me let me just say something from an economics perspective, and you know, from a global uh, modern political theory, um, the way that economically this country is structured with other countries is basically for example ecuador we have american businessmen that own banana companies in ecuador and pay those people next to nothing monthly by the way to work in horrible conditions hence why you have such a heavy influx of ecuadorian people it's not as many Mexicans as you would think as compared to other South American countries like Ecuador. And when, when discussing that, the way that economics is shaped, meaning with developed countries and underdeveloped countries, countries like that have an abundance of resources but no technology and no money because our country is basically taking away what they make because they cut their deals with the politicians and the businessmen and they're paying lower, you know, tariffs to bring it in because Americans want to consume at a cheaper price. Because I guarantee you if they started charging you, for example, I think it's 50, 75 cents for a banana, and instead of, you know, one banana, if you go buy one or, or a bunch at the supermarket, if you had to pay $10 for that bunch, the American customer wouldn't like it if you had to pay what the appropriate amount is. Because guess what? You cannot tax big big business. That's economics. That's not me. That's a Keynesian theory. They will not pay. They will find a way to pass it off to the consumer. Big business will not pay. They'll find a way to pass it to the consumer. So if that's the case, because if that wasn't true, then we wouldn't have Walmart. We wouldn't have Walmart because their corporate headquarters is somewhere else. They, they manufacture almost everything in China, and they pay their American workers here next to nothing and actually have seminars to teach them how to collect things because they pay them next to nothing and don't even give them full-time hours. But we allow these corporations to get, get away with it. Because well, they go ahead, Ruben. I, I know you want to get in there. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, fine. I, I understand that there's, you know, we have corporations in Ecuador and in, in, in other parts of the world, and, and they are basically exploiting these individuals. So the people have to get together and combat that, basically put in people in power in these countries that are going to serve them well. Why should it be our problem to resolve that? That's not, that's not, that's not, we have enough. But let's, let's. Let's take a step back a minute, and, and Deb, I know you and I have talked about this. What about, um, we've talked about large uh, immigration, uh, a large amount of immigration into the United States, and that the people don't enculturate anymore like they used to. Um, and, and the people don't want to get married. They don't enculturate like they used to. Oh, yeah, yeah. no, of um, course not. It's now a salad bowl. I'm I'm the biggest one that's against that. They don't want to learn the language. Nobody invited them here. You know, it's like you have an interpreter for everything. No, I'm not cool with that. You have to assimilate if you want to be an American, and that was Roosevelt. Everybody's entitled to be an American as long as you're proud of being one. I, that I agree yeah. with. Yeah. 
Yeah, and 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 two, um, you, you know, you right, you would use the the expression of a salad bowl as opposed to a uh, melting pot. Yeah, and and um, the all time immigration, the Europeans, you know, who were Italian, German, and whatnot, they came here. They they learned they English. <laughs> yeah, and by the second or third generation, many of them were full blood Americans. Of course, um, yes. But but now with large influxes of of you know different peoples from around the world, including Spanish, they don't want to learn the language here. And oh, listen, there's, it's more than that. They don't want to, even when they want to be, when they're asked to be made legal, they don't want to. They just want to keep depleting the system, sending it back to their country, and then saying, no, it's okay, I'm just going to bleed it, and then I'm going to go back home. Trust me, I'm not a proponent of that either. I just want this problem solved as an American so that these people pay somehow. You know, force them right, to get but, out. Right, right, and, and plus with the large amount of immigrants coming here is, that they they become a strain upon our institutions like our health care, education, and whatnot. And especially in education, what a lot of people don't realize is that your tax-paying dollars will go to fund a program, like for example, English for a second, uh, English for a second language, or whatever. They go to, and your you know your taxes sort of go up in, in ways like that. And oh, well, also let me with tell the you health care. I live in Hackensack. They more than just go up, because and it's because it's because it's it's trying to make up for the difference of those that use all you know the services such as education, you know, because they do come here. Listen, I'm not totally against what Ruben's saying. I'm just against the methodology. That's all. You know, like get them legal. Uh, they so, have so to. Ha- right. So, so then, would you be a proponent of the would you be would you be a proponent of the HB one visa program? Absolutely, some sort of. Um. So and then everything has everything has to come with limits. Well, HB one visas. There's no one can tell me that there's not enough qualified. American engineers and technology professionals that they have to bring uh, uh, engineers from India or from Russia or from Lithuania from Eastern Europe. No, no, no one is going to convince me that there's not enough here. I agree with you halfway because a lot of the biggest problems <laughs> oh, halfway, and, and I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to explain why. The, the, the reason why, and I'm going to explain to you why, is because not enough American students are taking that on as their major. Engineering is a hard, engineering is a very, very hard uh, degree to achieve, just on, just on the uh, undergrad level, let alone the master's level. So it's, I don't think that there's enough. I think that you should take it, give it to Americans, and then fill the gaps whichever way you can. But that's, that's, what, that's not what's going to happen because it's not saving the corporation's money. You see what I'm saying? My thing is these people, our politicians, our political process, they are never. Look at Citizens United versus uh, Federal Election Committee. That basically, I mean, I swear, I think the forefathers are rolling in their grave because that is not what the Constitution was meant for. That was a bastardization of the Constitution. You're basically stating that a corporation has the same rights as an individual, and they did it to be able to allow a certain amount of caps to be lifted on, don- on donations because big business backs campaigns. Why, why should a corporation, why should a corporation pay more money than the individual? Why should my company pay right. for your child's school? Why can't Correct. you start your own company? Why can't you pay your own taxes and mm-hmm. send your child to, to pay for their own schools? I don't understand Correct. why a corporation needs to be double taxed and at the same time, ooh, your corporation ranks this, now you pay more tax. It doesn't mm-hmm. make sense. Well, I don't think that you should be taxed more. I think you should be taxed appropriately because if we're going to talk about taxes and capital gain, capital gain was sliced to 15%. Capital gain was sliced to 15%. And in addition, these CEOs are making billions of dollars while then saying, well, we have to downsize the company. And one CEO alone is made, I, I don't remember what the company is, but they're getting paid something in, in like the billions. And you're, so and you're what? cutting. 
so what? Why are we going to hate on the player that knows how to do business and make right. money? Correct. So you're saying yeah. that the CEO does as much work as the 10,000 people that he just fired? The CEO, if he owns the company, is his company. He has the it's right owned by, to do it's whatever he wants to do. It's, on, it's owned by a board. The and, CEO and is basically is, just like the Queen of England. And, and he is in charge to make the decision for that corporation. Therefore, he should make whatever amount of money so, that he's so allowed to make. Was that the case with Enron? <laughs> with, with the insider trading? Is, is that, that what we're that saying? Is not the, that is not the same case. You just said it's insider trading. That's illegal. It is illegal, but during when Reagan gave all the tax cuts to bring back all these corporations to uh, the U.S., they all started uh, buying into their own See, stocks. This to is raise why the America is starting to fail, because a lot of people believe that corporations and, and the rich people tax money should be the one paying for all these other services like nonprofits and parks and nobody, and nobody's else. saying that they should be the ones to pay. What I'm saying is that they went from paying at an income tax bracket of seventy percent, a minimum, to now thirty five percent, and that's where you're going to get your disparity. Which seventy percent is ridiculous unless the average person or every single person is paying. I that pay thirty two. Um, Warren Buffett, when he tried introducing the Buffett rule, and he's a billionaire, one of the wealthiest men in America, stated that by himself. Why should me and my secretary have to pay the same amount of tax? Uh, the average American pays 32% on, on income tax, and, the, and a corporation pays 35 <laughs> Well, basically you're basically saying the same liberal talking point that I've always been said about taxing the rich. And the rich, really, in my opinion, the rich are the middle class because you can tax the 1% as much as you can, and you'll never get enough money from them. So who, 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 who has the majority of the people, who has the majority of, of the money out there who, who pay the middle class? When I hear tax the rich... That's what I mean. That's that's actually the middle class that they're saying. And Warren Buffett, the reason he wasn't get, getting taxed heavily, and his secretary was getting taxed more, because he's not getting taxed on his income. He's getting taxed on his capital gains and 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 also on his investments. That's the reason. Wow. I mean, I'm not I'm not saying that I'm completely left. Because I'm not, I'm very moderate when it comes to certain things. And on certain levels, I'm very, very right as far as, you know, if you don't want to pay, then you have to leave. And that is immigration that is in any way, shape, or form. I'm not big on social programs such as Medicare or disability. You know, I really think that you need to cut government spending to be able to, you know, subsidize what's going on. But at the same time, I think that fair is fair, and everybody has to, because this disparity didn't right. just happen overnight. Right. Um, I so, think there should be an agency implemented for people that are collecting welfare, and instead of having Homeland Security, you should have, you know, an agency devoted to just coming in and checking if you're collecting illegal, um, you know, disability or welfare. I think that should be done. That should be addressed. But do I think that, you know, corporations should get away with what they're getting away with? No. And it's not because I'm very left. It's because right. I really feel that you have to fill the gap somehow. Right. Um, and, Deb and folks, we are running out of time. That's um, why I stopped talking. A hot, hot topic, particularly the college tuition and and that bubble and and, and the uh, that's going to break just about any minute. And, and it aggravates me because I, I – I have kids who are going to college, and and uh, it just—it's almost like the the college tuition is is a payment for a car for a semester. Um, but folks, we are out of time, and we are going to continue this discussion. Uh, and join us next Tuesday, um, where we will be having Wendy Lynn Day. Um, she is a she is a um, uh, campaign manager for the cruise in Michigan, and also another guest, right, Ruben? Um, yes. 
Well, we're, we're definitely we'll um, we'll get in touch in regards to uh, Daniel coming on the program. Yes. Exciting. Okay. It will be yes. Have a good night, everybody. We'll bring him back. Thank you very much. Yes. Have All right, Deborah. It's always okay. It's always it's always fun debating you. Uh, okay. And folks, until next Tuesday, we will see you then. <laughs> good night.